0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Granny's Speech time right there. Um, episode 23, a little uh, somber when we just got some late-breaking news of the passing of uh, Richard Donner. We figured this is an appropriate way to open up the show with, uh, I mean, his iconic movie.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's sad news. I mean, it's really sad news. Yeah, it is.
0: So just to keep going. I i
1: am <laughs> getting jazzed for
0: the show now. Yeah, I know. Let's go.
1: <laughs> They're like running into phone booth right now. That's right. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. You beat me to it. Yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we'll go ahead and we'll uh we'll start the show off with that. Um. Yeah, just a couple hours ago we got news that like Richard Donner. Uh, director Richard Donner had, had passed away, and he was producing films as well. Uh, you know, our main reason for us to kick off this show with that is that he uh, directed one of the—I uh, mean, you could say—is probably the one who really, really kickstarted this entire genre of yep. film uh, with *Superman* the movie.
1: Love, love it or hate it and you know there are people who do both but you can't deny the importance of that movie for comic book movies without that movie there is no batman 89 and no batman 89 we don't have anything
0: yeah no that's a that's 100 percent true i mean it's um you know it's a yeah i, I mean i'm sure I, i've shared my feelings about you know the superman the original christopher Lee superman franchise but i mean it's a, you can't replace the importance like you said that was perfectly yeah. said i mean jason it's I mean, that's the one that's the one that really got things kicked off uh, for everybody. I mean, and it really brought attention mainstream to comic books in general, whether it's you know DC or Marvel or, you know, anything in between. Um, John Hamilton, you know, chiming in, so said Richard Donner. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I guess, you know, Richard Donner, rest in peace. Thank you for your contribution to uh, yeah, this side of geekery, you know. And Lethal Weapon, right? He also gave us Lethal Weapon. All four Lethal Weapon movies. I mean, you—he made Mel Gibson likable. You know how hard that is now. We didn't know that in the eighties, but it's—it's it's, that it's, was a feat.
0: Yeah, no. He, I mean, everyone. I mean, that's another iconic uh, action franchise. I mean, debatably, I—I've always said personally, I think Die Hard and Predator are like in the action movie, the Lethal Weapon is right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Lethal Weapon was a perfect action comedy, like. Even more so than Die Hard, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely it was. Uh, but he also did Goonies, by the way, which is another big film for you know, oh, our,
1: our generation. I did not realize he did Goonies. Wow, that's an iconic yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, I was going to go ahead and pull up his, his BD here uh, and, and take a look at it. Uh, he also did Scrooge. Which is a really, really great uh, Christmas movie if you haven't Scrooged seen
1: that. is my favorite Christmas movie. The one with Bill Murray, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that was Richard Donner, too. Damn it. I watch Scrooge every year on Christmas Eve or thereabout, around there, um, because I think it is just one of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah,
0: no. Scrooge, Scrooge is absolutely awesome. I actually finally bought it on, on digital <clears throat> this, this past year. I ended up buying nice. a bunch of Christmas movies that I. Didn't get a chance to ever like I guess get around to purchasing. So that was one of them. Uh, just looking through it too. I uh, he directed three episodes of Kojak.
1: Nice a, as well. Who loves uh, you, baby? Richard Donner does.
0: I uh, <laughs> he directed the toy. Uh, okay, did, Richard Pryor. Yeah, he did Superman two, the most some of the original, didn't get to finish it, but later on we got Superman two, the Richard Donner cut.
1: Which I think is the, the better the better version.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh let's see the four Lethal Weapon movies, are uh, Radio Flyer uh is another good movie that they have done. I uh, directed three episodes of Tales from the Crypt as well.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I gotta I gotta look for those. My wife is a big huge fan of Tales from the Crypt. So for Christmas, I got her the box set and I got her a cameo. Wishing her a Merry Christmas from the guy who played the Crypt Keeper, and he did oh, the wow. voice and made all these puns and everything. So uh, I think I gotta look for those episodes, and I can convince <laughs> her to watch those with me.
0: I was kind of looking at his producer credit. Oh, well, he also directed The Omen.
1: Oh, really? Wow i I was not aware of the the breadth of that man's work.
0: Yeah, no, neither was I. I and mean, he was an executive producer on The Lost Boys, which I I love.
1: <laughs> I love that movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely love The Lost Boys. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's known. I'm not a Free Willy fan, but he was an executive producer on uh, Free Willy. He, uh, another, by the way, he also directed and produced Maverick, another Mel Gibson oh, star I, as well.
1: I remember, I remember that movie. That's a fun movie, actually, if I remember correctly.
0: Uh, an executive producer on A Bordello of Blood. <laughs> me and Francisco, me and Burr, love that movie, by
1: the way. Great flick. It's a great Absolutely flick. Absolutely <laughs> love Holy Water and a Super Soaker? Come on. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, executive producer on X-Men and X-Men Origins Wolverine.
1: Oh. All right, all right, we can forgive yeah. him that. Let's not speak ill of the dead here.
0: Let's not, let's not. I mean, listen, it still takes a lot to make a big-budget movie, so... It does, uh, it You can't does. say that. You can't hit every single time. That's true. Uh, let's see. Directed for, I mean, produced episodes of The Man of Uncle. The Man
1: from Uncle. Oh, wow, he's been working a long time.
0: Yeah, Gilligan's Island, Perry Mason, hmm. Get Smart, wow. The Fugitive...
1: That's wow. crazy. He like that's insane.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did not know a lot of this, so wow. That is that's, that's a pretty impressive run there for, for Richard Donner. And right, Farachi's chiming in here. So we did the Christmas I I'm pretty sure I referenced the Christmas show we did last year, but uh he loves Scrooge as well. <laughs> I so, love, oh,
1: that movie, the bitch hit me with a toaster. One of my favorite <laughs> lines <laughs> I don't know if Angie had seen it before, but I think I, th-
0: I kind of have a weird feeling. It was our first time seeing it this past year when we watched it.
1: Oh, really? That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's a must see. It's a must-see. It's <laughs> a must-see. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so,
0: you know, thank you to Richard Donner for everything he's done for, as uh, you said, we were saying our genre of movies, film, TV, everything, you know, classic. On the work, he was he was 91 years old, so he lived, like Jason had said, on our pre- pre-show, uh, you know. Lived in a fantastic life. I mean, super, uber successful. Yeah.
1: So, cheers, Richard Donna. Thanks again. And uh, I, I feel now that now that we've sort of sort of started with a somber mood, we got to pick it up a bit. So let me tell you, Ed, what's going on with Baywatch Nights in my yes. segment of Unhassling the Hoff.
0: Go for it. I can't
1: wait. So the first ten minutes of this this episode has nothing to do with the episode, and when it ends. It feels like it needed 10 more minutes to sort of end properly because it just kind of like wraps up real quickly. Having said that, the highlights of this are uh, the guy – so Mitch is looking for a girl who was a – this is called Silent Witness. And she is the Silent Witness. She watched someone in a scuba gear uh, tackle a guy who was swimming in the ocean and drown him to make it look like it was an accident. Enter Mitch Buchanan, who was a lifeguard. (laughs) And who knew this guy? And so he starts poking around because he thinks it's foul play, and he's right. Okay. Um, and, and so you know, it pretty much goes on from there. But but the the WTF moment, which I love, and it, this was worth the episode. And, and by the way, if you can't tell, I'm actually really enjoying. This. I, mean, I
0: can tell this. I can kind of tell you're into this thing.
1: <laughs> so I, let me. Know, let, let's not forget Lou Rawls is a like is a, a, a in this show. He's in the uh, the the credits. And so he, like, is there, and Mitch comes up, and he says, like, because his friend, uh, like, is dressing up or whatever, and he goes, hey, you're looking looking bad. You're a bad mother. Shut your mouth. And he goes, "But I'm just talking about Shaft. And Lou Rawls just breaks out. He's a complicated man. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you get to see Lou Rawls and Mitch Buchanan riff on the Shaft theme song. Worth it. Worth the 45-minute investment of the episode.
0: Um, I I was not prepared for that I'm going to tell you the truth, I really was not prepared for that
1: (laughs) I wasn't either, I had to stop and go, wait a minute, did I just see that? was that real? I don't
0: know if it still is real. I mean, what time did you watch this episode? Was it like one in the morning or something <laughs> oh,
1: like that? I, I, I very specifically watch things for this show in the afternoon or <laughs> early evening because when I get into what I like to think of as my Columbo zone, which is like one in the morning, I'm not usually like able to take notes and clock stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. So Fair so enough. this I watch this in the afternoon.
0: And we appreciate that. I, I do. I'm sure the fans <laughs> do appreciate that, You watch our stuff in the afternoon, and you watch Baywatch Nights and the afternoon. That's become a part of the
1: show now. It's, it is. It's. It's. Look, Unhassling the Hoff. Until until I have done my penance, I will. I will walk, continue with Baywatch Nights.
0: And David Hasselhoff, if you, I mean, we're we're still tweeting the show to you week in and week out. So we're hoping that you do catch it at some point and enjoy something or acknowledge its existence I, or something like
1: that. And, and, dude, if you're watching this, David Hasselhoff, you are awesome in Baywatch Nights. There's a scene in this episode where he's dressed up to the nines and he's, like, shooting pool, and it is one of the 90s coolest things I've ever seen. Like, I was just like, God damn, that man is cool.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so let's let's, let's get to it. Man. We, <laughs> we, we have, we have, Jason has served his time for this week as we are unhassling the hop, but now we're on to... DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Season 6, Episode 8. Jason, take us
1: through it. This was a solid episode. So the band is finally back together, right? We got Sarah Lance, uh, who is not telling anyone except for uh, her her fiancé, Captain Sharp, that she is now an alien-clone hybrid. Um, And they, they... they decide to go to the old west because they pick up, uh, you know, an alien thing, and the alien in the old west—it's like Tremors, yeah. except the 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 snake creatures, the, the sand, whatever they are—they um, eat anger. So if you are angry, they eat you, which I think it was awesome, uh, and they shit gold. Um, again, <laughs> Legend of Tomorrow swinging with everything they got. <laughs> <laughs> DC's Tremors, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um and so um you know they go to this town and it's hysterical cuz it's an old west town literally with like a balladeer who's singing narration. My favorite
0: part of the episode by the way. Oh,
1: absolutely me too. Me too that end. The end joke is like I went ah, that was that's the best. But yeah. we'll get to it. So um everyone has to be nice. No one is gambling, no one is drinking. Uh, no like, because the whole thing is if you're not nice this thing is going to come and kill you. Um, and so they 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 try. It's controlled by this watch that the sheriff has. The sheriff's an outlaw. They uh, Sarah is gonna have a duel with him, and there's this badass moment where he just shoots her in the head while her back is turned. <laughs> and her and like it, it goes through, and it just reforms, and everyone sees it. Now everyone knows that something's going on. Um, they eventually take this thing from the the sheriff and twist. Everyone in the town was in on it because they love the fact that this thing shits gold. And so they go after the legends. Um, and then we get uh, who else we get? Um, Bass Reeves, right? Uh, who is a real, real life uh, marshal, right? The black Marshal, which is funny because I just got done watching Watchmen and he is a very key point in that in that that show like it starts off with uh the main character watching bass reeves the black marshal like old film so it's just funny the the overlap here um mm-hmm. but so like he's helping um he's helping uh spooner and zari i think it is um uh, sort of deal with the the tremor deal with the uh no no not not zari um the hellspawn i forget her name uh the, constantine's friend what's yeah. her name I can't remember. Uh, Astro. Ast- thank you. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I, it's a, it's a solid episode. It was a lot of fun. Um you know, and, and a fun gag is that uh Spooner keeps picking up uh alien, you know, telepathy and she no one knows that it's Sarah Lance and they keep blaming Gary and so it's like Gary really wants to jump Captain Sharp's bones right now. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so oh and then it ends with the uh, a f- the phenomenal joke of the, the best joke of the the episode where the cowboy narrator is singing what's happening to everyone <laughs> and it just goes to captain sharp it's like guys i told you we can't keep the cowboy narrator and it's <laughs> like yeah, Gary, right, we gotta bring you back <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I thought that was priceless because I was wondering if they were going to ever acknowledge it. And I, I was I think I was good either way, right. if they acknowledged it or didn't. But I kind of was like, yes, I love the fact that they acknowledged it.
1: I did too. It was and it was again. It was a great joke because I wasn't expecting it because you know they they weaved it in where this guy is like he has a couple of songs, so you don't even think about it because you're so used to him being there. And then when they call it out, it's a great like little twist moment. So. Um, but yeah, I think solid episode. I really enjoyed this one as as I do all of these.
0: Yeah, but I'm gonna before I get to a quick some quick notes I wanted to point out with this one that I had. Uh Jonathan is gonna and I'm with you, Jonathan. Uh, a little disappointed we didn't get Jonah yeah.
1: Hex. Yeah. That's I was a good kinda point. waiting for that
0: too. Because they have That's a pretty a good, good Jonah Hex in the in a, uh in the CW groups.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. And I think he was on Le- Legends, right? He was on Legends,
0: I believe yeah. it was
1: the second or third season if I remember right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that is that is a bit disappointing they didn't bring him in.
0: Uh, but I think some of my favorite things in the episode was the fact that David Ramsey was playing uh, Sheriff Bass Reeves. It was Diggle. The fact yes, that he was yes. there, because I knew he was going to be on Legends, they just didn't reveal what fashion he was going to be. And I love the fact, by the way, that Sarah calls it out. Yes. Totally meta, <laughs> self-aware. It was like, Diggle? And there's no acknowledgement of it at all. I think great. that was awesome. It is great. They, they, they nail that kind of stuff like so perfectly. And also the fact that, by the way, Nate getting upset that he was asking for a chair in the oh. Hall of Justice and nobody replied to him.
1: Yes. Bravo. <laughs>
0: Bravo. That was fantastic.
1: That was so good. Uh, <laughs> Nate has, Nate had a lot of good moments this this time. Like when Nate decides that he's going to draw the the snake because everyone's starting to argue, and he's like, "Calm down, calm down." No, you know what? I'm not going to calm down. And he starts flipping out and to yeah. draw the snake. Like that's a really fun moment. Then he kind of gets there and he goes, "All right, I don't have a plan. I don't know what's going to happen." <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like Nate's been getting. I, I've always liked Nate, but I think he's been getting better. You know, the last couple episodes they've given him like a little bit more to do and a lot of uh, really fun moments and things to like nail there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I always liked him because um, Biff Tannen's his dad, the actor who plays Biff Tannen. Yes, yes, plays dad, and I loved, loved, loved that season. Man, just watching because I don't, I've, I've never seen that guy act as anything but Biff Tannen. So seeing him in a meaty role like that was super cool. Yeah, he'll always be Biff Tannen. Oh of course. Hello Mix <laughs> Oh man. Um all
0: right, so let's let's keep it rolling on. Let's uh talk about the finale of season 2 of Batwoman. Um one that we were wondering like we we've admitted the last couple episodes has been picking up some momentum. They've been getting things going. I know it's been an entertaining show, I mean, especially considering where it came from. Um I think they stopped the landing on the finale. I I enjoyed it. I think they I enjoyed it. Because it was, A, it was well-written, it was interesting, and it had a good pace to it, had some good action in it. Um, had a lot of, for me and you, a lot of Batman. A lot of yes. more Batman was involved now, and I think that's what kind of was like, okay, maybe we're kind of in Gotham now. Uh, maybe, like, things are starting. I felt the last couple episodes, it was, like, really evident. Um, we'll get to some of it um, so I I really liked it was a pretty really fucked up line that Alice had to Ryan about her mother oh like earlier on like comp- Alice got like really nasty yeah in I- said with some of the shit she was coming out with
1: Alice says to her like you you think you're better than me your first action in this world was to kill your biological mother yes. and I was like, like what you what wow. why would you say that
0: that was like Ric Flair low blow wham like that was holy
1: shit man that was.
0: <laughs> That was something. I was, like, shocked. I think I had to rewind it to be like,
1: did I just hear that Yeah, like, it it was vicious. It was vicious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then Alice goes ahead and she sprays Black Mask with the Joker's flower because we at the end of the last episode, we found out that uh, Kate Kane, you know, still kind of, like, working for Black Mask in a way, still kind of, like, hypnotized, got a hold of, like, a bunch of stuff that Bruce Wayne had in the Batcave, kind of like they were describing it as kind of like trophies that he had from, like, Defeating villains and, and whatnot. And that was alluded to in their uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths, you know, when Kevin Conroy was Batman and like older, darker Bruce Wayne on another Earth. So I thought that was kind of cool where that symmetry was there. Um, and then we got um, Batwing. So Luke Fox went full on, became Batwing, got the suit. Lucius Fox built it for him because he was, uh, I thought it was a really cool way. I don't recall if this is exactly the way it went, uh, went in the comics. But apparently, Luke, as a child, was drawing wing, drawing had like cartoon drawings of like a black Batman, and was kind of being inspired by Batman and stuff like that. And Lucius Fox went ahead and built him the damn suit, and I was like, okay, that's that's pretty interesting. And he gets to take, he gets to use that and take down um, the other guy in the crows that was a lieutenant yeah,
1: or whatever, the, the guy who shot him,
0: the he guy was, who shot him. Yeah, I was trying to remember his name, but I, I couldn't. Yeah. He gets a chance at redemption and fighting him.
1: Which, which that, you know, so if I can just set up what, uh, so the, the, the lieutenant from the crows, uh, they were testing the Bane serum on him. They were trying to give him Bane's powers without. Bane's pretty much attitude, right? That's yeah, what, yeah. and Black Mask has this great line because it, it, it doesn't work, it like messes him up. And he goes, And they wonder why we test things on animals first, get rid of this thing, like just another great Black Mask like line. Like, so he's like raged out on the Bane juice, the 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 bait, you know, the stuff that Bane uses to rage venom. out the venom. the venom. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Thank you. And uh, and he's uh, what's her face? The doctor took his snake bite. Yeah. And so that put him more in a rage and he's trying to go after her and kill her. So that's that's where that's where we sort of come in. Yeah, and I
0: was wondering if we were getting like a Bane 2.0, I you know, but I'm not gonna accept that unless he has the mask to yeah. go ahead and speak like that.
1: He needs to be able to speak. It's all about the voice.
0: Without the voice, you have nothing. <laughs>
1: If, um, if anyone is, if anyone is, has not watched Harley Quinn, you, you gotta go and watch him. We'll we'll cover it on the show when it comes back. But you gotta go watch Harley Quinn just for the Bane stuff. That is my because Bane is just a pencil pushing idiot. Like, but anyway, I'm sorry. The voice triggered the. <laughs> no, no. I,
0: I get it. The Bane voice does a lot for, for a lot for people. Uh, yeah. So Kate and Alice, they also like fall into a river where she's brought back. So okay. They're fighting and stuff like that, and they fall into a river, and it kind of takes, it jogs Kate's memory back, I guess, to when, uh, when um, her, when, sit- her, when Beth fell into the river with her mother, and that whole thing. So it kind of jogged it and triggered her and it snapped her out of it, so she realized she was like Kate Kane again, um, and that really kind of turned things around. Uh, I also want to drop in a comment that we get from Jonathan here, who. Saying, I know uh, I like how they wrapped up Kate and Alice's story. I feel like they left it open to be continued, absolutely. And um, I like that they left it open for, for Kate to come back. Yeah, because we'll, we'll get to exactly what happened with Kate towards the end of this, because I think that was one of our biggest questions. Like the fact that you went through all this trouble to keep Kate Kane alive, even though we know the uh, you know, original actress had left the show, like what was the point of it instead of just leaving her dead? You know, you kind of could have just killed her off and, and went like that. Uh, but they chose not to. So at the end of the episode we get Ryan is off parole finally, so that thing is kind of done so she's kind of free to go on about her life and, and live that. Uh, but Kate eventually decides at the end, she pretty much officially passes the torch to Ryan and lets her know they have a conversation in um, Wayne Tower, I, I guess. The, the, I don't think they've ever called it anything, but we'll go with that. Um and she hands off the torch when to she says she's going to find Bruce Wayne because she actually and there it is. We finally got an acknowledgement yeah. that Bruce Wayne is missing for the like maybe the second time this entire season. So Kate's off to find Bruce Wayne, and we'll see what happens. They do have an actor cast as Bruce Wayne. We've seen that.
1: Yeah, and and I you know what? I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see where this is going, and it sets up and and like. This is something that even if I wasn't doing this show, I would get me watching this the Batwoman just to see what's going on because they set up Poison Ivy for next season.
0: Yes, that's the other thing I was gonna, I was we'll, we'll get to here. Is oh, sorry, fight. I didn't mean to
1: jump no, in. No, 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 <laughs> no, We're, we're
0: here. we will cover the end of it. I mean, you know, the story is pretty straightforward, obviously. But uh, Alice's Alice's end up being left in Arkham where she's like next door to like Black Mask, who's like yeah. completely lost his mind and everything like that. So that was kind of cool, and she has a conversation with Ryan and lets her know that her mother didn't die at birth. Her mother is still out there. So that's, you know, something setting up for season three. I'm sure Ryan will go ahead and try to find her biological mother, which is something that's pretty cool. And then the ending scene, with Jason and, and just teased, is we get the penguin, And it was teased also in another part of the episode. The penguins' umbrella is kind of like floating down like a river.
1: Yeah. And
0: then we get like a plant life crawling out of the water onto the rocks, Obviously, Poison Ivy was uh, mentioned in the last episode as well, and they needed, like, her serum and stuff like that to, to get things going. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say they've definitely set up Poison Ivy to potentially be the big bad of season three. Yeah, and then, and, and
1: uh, I – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, and I, I think that's, that's a good move. Like – I, I I agree with you. I think this episode really stuck the landing. I thought this was a fun episode. I really enjoyed this episode. For all the all the jokes, I make it at this point. I'm just kidding because I did it. I've enjoyed, you know, I've enjoyed enough of this show, um, to 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 say that I, I, you know, I I think it has a, a lot of potential in season three. I realize this. This season would have been so much better if they spent no more than two episodes getting Kate Kane back. Right. The way they did it, introduce Black Mask much earlier, introduce the the Kate Kane, have time where you think that Kate Kane is sort of easing back into things. And then she flips like draw out everything that happened in the last two episodes that should have been their season. But they spent so much time setting up that Kate Kane was alive and jumping through all these hoops that it, it really felt they were spinning their wheels. And it took them so long to get started on this season but when they got started, there was some really good stuff. Like, I think the Black Mask stuff is great. I As much as I hate the Kate Kane stuff, I actually really thought what they did with her was smart. I I liked watching her pass the torch to Ryan and leave, yeah. you know? And I liked that whole, like, duality of she thinks she's, she doesn't know if she's Kate Kane or she thinks she's Cyanus' daughter. Like, th- that's a season full of stuff you could have played with. And, and I think that, You know, when it found its footing, I think it was really good. And I hope that it just jumps in and finds its footing in season three and just starts giving us good stuff. Um, And Black Masks, by the way, Black Masks, uh, his plan was such a freaking awesome textbook supervillain plan. I'm going to make everyone fear me as Black Mask. And then I'm going to ride in as Cyanus to save everyone. And I'm going to kill Black Mask in public. Or whoever I I asked to wear the black mask that day. Like, again, like, had they had him throughout this season instead of just like the, you know, last half of the season, I think it would have been much better. Like, they have good stuff here. You know what I'm saying? So, hopefully, they kind of learn from their mistakes going into season three.
0: Yeah, no, they they absolutely did have something once they decided to reveal it because we were just wondering where the hell is this all going? Right, And, I mean, what you said sounds perfect, That they just sort of elaborated on Kate coming back and being mind-warped and all of that. And cut out the Sophia crap, by the way. The whole Sophia stuff was such a waste of time. It was. You did not really need that at all. Yeah, so we got another comment here from Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, I think they scrambled at the beginning because they really weren't sure what they were going to do with Kate. 100% agreed. Mm. I mean, that's, that's perfect, Jonathan. I mean, yeah. that's really, really what I think happened. I think they just didn't know what to do. And I think we said that. It just seemed like it was very obvious in the first half of the season that they had no clue what to do. They were trying to scramble in all different directions and didn't know where to go with it. But once they got something, they they got something. So hopefully the cast stays intact for season three, nothing crazy happens, and they can just go with this. I mean, you don't even have to acknowledge Kate Next season, really, you can kind of just keep it rolling. You can bring her back when you need her, if that's the case. I don't know what their plans are. If their plans are to have Kate actually find Bruce Wayne at some point, or is this kind of like their way of writing people off the shelf? Go find Bruce Wayne, and that's (laughs) the (laughs) end.
1: That's how everyone who leaves. That's what happens. So eventually, when a character leaves, like they're just gonna go. I'd love to help you, but I've got to go find Bruce Wayne, and you never see them again. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, Alice will be like, well, she's gonna leave the show. Like, well. You know, I think I got to go find Kate, because Kate's trying to find Bruce, so uh, I'll see you guys later. And it just, Everyone keeps trying to find the last person, and all is a trail to find Bruce Wayne.
1: That's hysterical. That That's a way to, to write people off the show. Oh, man,
0: that was... Uh... Yeah, but overall, though, I mean, since we're watching the show and covering the show, we're rooting for the show to be good. Yeah, and absolutely. It looks like, they, it looks like they've, they've done something with it, so...
1: I, yeah, I agree. Again, I just wish they would have gotten to it sooner because they're the the guy who plays Black Mask. I think is fantastic. The girl who plays Ryan, I think is fantastic. Like that speech she gives, that like um, uh, the 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 gives to the parole board. Yes, yes. You know, I, I mean, that's that's like an awesome an awesome speech that she gives. Like, you know, oh, you, am I going to be a different person? No, I'm still going to be the same good person I was when I was framed. But you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Yes, I've changed. And it was just like, I really enjoyed that. And I, and I think I've always said that that actress is one of the high points of the show for me, has been since the beginning. So I'm I'm really glad to see that they found, you know, some good stuff to do with her.
0: Yeah uh so we'll see what happens when they come back i'm pretty sure it'll be in the fall and i'll be able to reset and do their normal type of season i know there hasn't been an announcement when they been a cw is going to relaunch their next season of episodes but it usually is like excuse me like around september so we'll see how that goes around um another cw show we got for this week is the flash season seven episode 15 um, I think a better episode than they've had in a while because we've been Agreed. really, really struggling to get through these Flash episodes for a little bit. Uh, but this one brings back God Speeds. There yeah, one. Yeah, it was a bunch of clones of, of more clones of God Speed coming back to try to get at Barry. Barry, you know, has some good fights with them, honestly. Like, I thought there was, especially to see when they have him kind of, like, trapped him. He screams like, oh, bring it on. And I'm yeah. like, I haven't seen Barry get, like, that amped up, like, just to fight in quite some time. That and was cool. That was pretty cool. So he's fighting a bunch of Godspeeds. Um, I thought there was a pretty funny line when uh, Chester asked him about if he has a flashmobile because he had to like,
1: <laughs> go ahead yeah. and drive the stuff over. <laughs> I'm enjoying Chester a lot, by the way. <laughs> Chester's been good. Chester's yeah. been
0: good. But it, it made me think of how we goof on the, the toys. When they have yeah. flash on a motorcycle, flash in <laughs> a car, right.
1: they're like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> Why would you need
0: a flashmobile? <laughs> oh, God, like Spider-Man in a helicopter, or, you know, whatever oh. the hell
1: it is. Well, I mean, you remember the Thanos copter. That was canon from the comics. <laughs> yes, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ride the Thanos copter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I think the one storyline that's not really working great for me is the, and I hope it pays off, is like Joe working with like Captain Kramer. And I know they the episode ends where they leave off with like, oh, is Joe and Captain Kramer dead because the car blew up that they were in? it's like
1: obviously they're not not. dead.
0: Yes, we we know that's not the case. Stop that. Um, So that's just one thing I think it's they don't spend too much time on it this episode, but it just seems like every time the episodes slow down whenever they cut to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and there was more. There was more of your favorite uh, Barry and, and Iris trying to conceive. And did you notice Iris is not in this episode? Like, yes, they, they talk around her, and she, she, like, they're on the phone with her, but she's not in this episode.
0: Yeah, I wonder what that was. Maybe it was a COVID thing, or a scheduling conflict, or something I like that. Know. I don't know. It was just um, weird
1: because it was like this is a Barry Iris episode, and Iris isn't in it. You know?
0: Yes. <laughs> No, no, that, that, that's a great point. And, yes, it's more of my – well, I think our favorite storyline of The Flash is, you know, how are Barry and Iris going to conceive because you right. know, you, we don't really know how that's going to happen because the beginning of the episode, uh, Barry falls asleep and sees a vision uh, of his daughter uh, and then yeah, kind of was thinks
1: that's what it is. Nice to see the actress back because I, I really I, – I enjoyed that actress. I, and I enjoyed that season. I thought that was a good season.
0: Yeah, no, so did I. And I'm, I'm curious to wonder, because Chester says to him at one point in the episode, he says something along his line, the lines of, like, things can change and things don't always plan out the same way. I and mean, we also know Bart Allen is coming. Yes. So I'm hoping they don't. things don't change in a way of, like, um, Nora doesn't exist, but now, like, Bart is taking her place or something like that. I hope that's not a thing because that seems kind of goofy. Yeah. I hope it's like they coexist.
1: Yeah, I hope so too, uh, and I hope they get to use that actress again because again, I really liked her.
0: Yeah, no, me too. Um, and I, there was a lot of cool action with Team Flash versus the Godspeeds, like Frost and uh, Mark uh, are fighting off. The, yes, exactly. Here we go with Mark again. <sighs>
1: that guy, that uh, guy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're fighting off the godspeeds and then pretty much Mark is to finally tells Frost that he's you know falling for like that wasn't painfully obvious to everyone in canon or out of canon like right. that whole thing like i don't know it's it's kind of weird um yeah so i think a solid episode i mean we'll see where it goes obviously they set up more godspeed stuff because they got the way the episode ends is the gods a new band of godspeeds show up and beat the crap out of the other Godspeeds. yeah and they kind of like inadvertently save the flesh
1: and I and I think that's interesting is they realize that they actually say we've been thinking that they were working together this whole time, but what if they're working against each other? They're all trying to steal my speed for themselves. So I think no. that that's interesting. You know, hopefully they play around with that.
0: Yeah, and and again for someone who was like I was tired of the speedsters, I'm tired of whatever yeah. the hell else they were replacing the speedsters with. Right. So bring the speedsters back now and let, let, let's mean, rock with it. I don't care.
1: Look, yeah, the the season needs something to anchor it and because I think the biggest problem I have with this season is the same problem I had with last season. It doesn't have an anchor, it doesn't have a focus. Like last season they foolishly made the focus build the build up to crisis. No one's crisis happened. They had nothing to do. And then yeah. this and this again, this is a covid thing. I can't you can't fault it. But yeah. this this season has been so all over the place cuz it doesn't really have a focus. Like we had the fo- the speed forces for a little bit and, and it wasn't good, but at least it was a focus and now they're gone. So it's like, you know, so I'll take a goddamn speedster just to give us the focus for the rest of the season and give us something to do.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and or I guess the focus would probably be because everyone keeps on thinking that um, that Thawne is going to be back and I'm fine with that. I, I do love Thawne. I so do too. Bring him back because you so did leave that
1: open. Is it gonna be played by the guy who plays Harrison or so no. they're gonna recast? Because usually it's just played by the guy who plays Harrison.
0: Well, they did have the one Thawn who was who ended up uh being revealing himself as Thon and then ended oh, up in legends, right. remember? So that's right. You could go that route since uh Counaval Kavanaugh is, is probably done. So <clears throat> that's I right. Yeah,
1: I, f- I forgot they actually have a real face of Thon. Yeah, it's uh, rare the that they
0: yeah they didn't use him that much though. Uh, no. But he's he's also directing the last the finale of Superman: The Lois this year. Is he really? Yeah, he is. So he's not like done with the Arrowverse, I guess. Maybe he'll just be more behind the camera.
1: Oh, that's cool. Hey, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So there was no Superman: and Lois this week, and nor is there tomorrow. So next time we have an episode of Granny's PC, we will be able to resume when Superman: and Lois. Resumes. Uh, only three, uh, three uh, CW verse this week, which seems kind of odd for us.
1: It was. It felt. That's. I. Th- I texted you. I was like, "Is this it? Like, did I miss something?" Yeah, but
0: they will be winding down one by one soon. So it was on, yeah, uh, yeah, Flash will be next. Um, no, no. Superman and Lois will be next, and then Flash will wrap after that. And then I know Supergirl comes back, and then I'm pretty sure they'll probably time that up to when they'll probably all wrap. When Star Girl debuts next month.
1: Yeah, so which I'm excited for. Very excited for Star Girl.
0: Yeah, wow, that, was, that was some good stuff they got
1: there. Uh, you know, what? I actually went back and I started watching Swamp Thing. I saw I watched the first episode.
0: So how's that going?
1: Um, it's slow. It's yes. slow. It ain't um, and, and it's not going to uh, pick up. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. But no, I, but I, it. I did find it. I did find it delightful. They talked about Columbo and Murder She Wrote. <laughs> Cause I'm watching Columbo, and I and I've actually started dipping into Murder She Wrote too. So, you know, I thought that was kind of fun.
0: When are you gonna get around to the equalizer? Oh, I, oh
1: God! I I should do the equalizer. You should do the
0: equal, <laughs> like or, yeah original equalizer. Uh, you should do Airwolf. You might as well do the 18 <laughs> at some point. I mean, actually, why not? <laughs>
1: The A-Team is something that I probably will do at some point, to be honest.
0: I love the A-Team, so <laughs> <I don't laughs> I remember, I'd be right there with you. I That's adore a good, the A-Team.
1: That's a great show. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, so let's get to the MCU show. Let's get to oh, the yeah. meat and potatoes of our good episode of Granny Speech Good Game. stuff. Yeah. Uh, episode four of Loki. Um
1: uh, as Jason is popping, in, he's
0: ready to rock now.
1: I'm popping um, some more peach tea, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the episode opens with Renslayer capturing uh, a young Sylvie uh, from Asgard and resetting her timeline. Uh, she escapes by stealing, and then they take her back to the TVA. At this point, Renslayer is a member of the Minutemen. You know, she's going ahead, and you know, she's not really in her high regard. I guess is running the whole operation at that point. Which is something that's pretty interesting when we try to figure out exactly who the hell is behind this whole thing at
1: this point. Yes, yeah, which I I wanna talk about when we get there.
0: Yes. Um, oh wow, by the way, a quick a quick note before then. Jonathan suggested you watch Alf also. Ooh, yeah,
1: I should. <laughs> Man, I, I gotta I gotta put a list together.
0: <laughs> um, so Renslayer takes Sylvie back to the TVA and then she steals her temp and escapes. And it shows how um, Sylvia's on the run, as she described previously in her entire life, and so she's pretty much often from you know um apocalypse to apocalypse, essentially yeah. trying to hide from
1: the t v a and she has that great line i mean i, I think it comes later, but it it, yeah, it like exactly. she said like i I spent my childhood in these apocalypses, like and what an interesting thought like, wow, if the, of course you're you'd be kind of messed up, you grew up jumping from apocalypses to apocalypse like so i mean such a such a cool like uh like piece of information to learn
0: yeah and and her stealing the temp pad there and i I think yeah the two takeaways i think from that same year were a renslayer was a Minuteman at at one point and two um also by the way the actress the younger actress that plays sylvie is also judith in the walking dead so for people who watch the walking dead yeah, that is her. That's exactly who that is. I thought that was a pretty cool little Easter egg cameo that, that was in there as well. Um, so, and the toy that she's playing with, by the way. When so she's playing with some toys before she's taken away by Renslayer and the Minutemen. There's a wolf that's there. That wolf is a reference to the wolf that we saw in Ragnarok on the ah, Rainbow Bridge so at the end. That the wolf cool. that's working for uh, for Hela.
1: That's so I awesome. That
0: was pretty, I thought that was pretty sweet.
1: That is pretty awesome. I didn't even catch that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, "Oh, interesting." Um, so yeah, so then Renslayer goes ahead, and she goes to they show her going into meet with the timekeepers. You know, at, at that point, uh, then the next scene is Renslayer lies to Mobius about C twenty because he's asking questions. What happened to C twenty? She seemed like she was fine, and Renslayer is blatantly lying to her, like, "Oh, she was." Lying to him, saying, "Oh, she was mumbling. She couldn't even talk. And she came back. She was losing her mind. This is what Sylvie did to her. You know what the hell? You know what was that? So they had to like prune her. Which, by the way, I thought the pruning thing. I thought it was reset before. Now it's referred to as pruning.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe variants get reset and people who work for the agency get pruned. I don't. Uh, but you're right. They 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 were using reset before."
0: Yeah, all right. Sorry, it wasn't me. I'm not going crazy about this.
1: Um, yeah, no, okay. no, absolutely. Because I, re- I remember that because that was the big thing. Like uh, they reset that guy to show, which pretty much sets up like they're going to hit you with the stick and you're going to disappear Yeah, in the first episode. So then Sylvie and Loki
0: discuss her jumping through timelines on while they're still stuck on Lamentus 1 uh, from the last episode. Uh, and she pretty much confesses to him like they stole me because I'm not supposed to exist like she's been living her entire life thinking that she's like not supposed to be and uh, you can kind of start to see the feelings between Loki and Sylvie starting to develop there <laughs> by the way look, yeah I know I, I'm sure you're thinking exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> that's genius by the way. absolutely <laughs> genius uh-huh. The only so, person
1: Loki could fall in love with is a female version of himself. Yes, which is priceless <laughs> to me. I
0: mean, that's just well, – that, that's such someone, a Loki thing.
1: Someone calls him out on the, how narcissistic that is, right? Does Mobius call him out on that? Uh, yes, it is. Mobius, calls him, yeah. Out. Yeah, Mobius <laughs> calls him
0: out on that. And pretty much spells it out for anyone who maybe went over your head briefly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Loki gives props to Sylvie uh you know as they fall for each other that it's causing uh and that's pretty much what's causing the nexus event when the T V A is tracking them because T V A at that point has no idea where they are and then doesn't know they're on Momentous one and then they see a Nexus event forming on the timeline. So they've kind of revealed themselves like you know, even though they can hide an apocalypse, the fact that Loki that a Loki's were falling for each other is what causes the Nexus event.
1: Just it's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and that's what leads to TVA tracking them down. So then we see the TVA bringing them in in inside the TVA. You know, uh, Sylvie's being brought one way, Loki's brought another. And I thought also another thing that was great is Loki getting pissed off about the lack of security
1: that's around a- them. Hysterical. Like, why does she get more security than me? She's not more dangerous than I am. <laughs> exactly. Like, this
0: is insulting. What the hell are you... Like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah. And this is something I really enjoy about this show is it never forgets what Loki you're dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. And like
1: even though it's because this is pretty much the villain of Avengers being yeah. forced into a semi-heroic role, but he's still the piece of shit villain from Avengers. So I love that they never forget that, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. So so yeah, so and then Mobius calls him out for being a bad friend at that yes, point. He he's like he yells at him he yells at him repeatedly like you know, you're just a bad friend, and everybody. It kind of reminded me of Owen Wilson, like from Wedding Crashes, for a second.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, can, I can totally
0: see him just, like, delivering those kind of lines there, which just made me laugh even more. Um, but yeah, so, but Loki goes ahead, and, and before he's being put away, he, you know, by the Minuteman and by Mobius, he's about to be thrown into a time cell, which we find out what that is in a second. But he, you know, Mobius tells him, You got one last thing to say. And he tells them very seriously. Loki tells Mobius, "TVA lying to you, because Sylvie like has let it all out. Like right now, like they're all variants and everything like that." Mm-hmm. And Mobius kind of just doesn't believe him, or just puts it in the back of his mind for a second, and throws. They Loki gets thrown into a time cell, uh, and then we find out the time cell, by the way, which is a real lot of interesting things in there. So once he gets tossed into the time cell, Loki is pretty much in a time loop of a moment that he had with Lady Sith (laughs) when he cut her hair, and she goes ahead and tells him, like, pretty much he's a piece of shit, and he'll always be alone. He's destined to be alone. Punches him in the face and knees him in the nuts.
1: Man, what she says to him, man, and, like, the the physical stuff is just insult to injury, but she tells him, you will always be alone. You will never be loved. Like, like I'm listening. And then, of course, like, we know what Loki's deal is, right? Like, he's pretty much at this point, yeah. And so to have him hear that. And then there's a great moment in that time slip where he kind of does give her this incredibly heartfelt, honest apology. And it doesn't matter because it just keeps resetting.
0: Yeah, because he, he you know he tells her like that he craves attention because he fears being alone. Yeah, and that's why he does the shit that he does. And, and yeah, you're right. And then it doesn't matter because you know she's like looks like she's gonna hug him for a second. She grabs him by the shoulders, yep. wham, and like mm-hmm. just continues to hit him again. So I, I an interesting thing that I found out about this, this scene is that it's a nod to the origin of Mjormir in the comics. So in really? Really in the comics. Loki cuts Sif's hair, and then Thor wants to beat the piss out of him for it and like really destroy him. Then Loki convinces Thor to go find her new hair, and he ends up meeting up with a bunch of dwarves who end up forging Muirmirir for him. That's in the, in the comics.
1: Wow, okay.
0: Yeah, so that is apparently a nod to the origin of that, which I think is makes the scene even cooler.
1: Yeah, I had no idea, but now that I do, that's it enriches things. Like, because yeah, like I never wanted to see that moment. I don't want that to be how he gets Mjolnir. but yes. just the sort of like, hey, you, if anyone knows what this reference is, it's there. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I like the they've done what they've done with Mjolnir already, and that's fine. But I thought this, yeah, this is a really cool history that they tossed in there. Uh, so Mobius tells B fifteen. Uh, that we brought. Uh, they were another cool moment is that we brought in Kree. We brought in Titans. So Kree refer- you know, referencing you know, all the Kree that we've seen in the MCU so far. Titans, like you know, the last time we've seen is Thanos. Yeah. Uh, and vampires, which for us, for our purposes, is priceless. Yep,
1: the fact that we're covering
0: little. Blade and Blade Two. Bang! There yes. it
1: is. That's right. Maybe maybe this is, hey, if it's not Mojo at the end, maybe it's Blade. Maybe we get Blade at the end of
0: Loki. <laughs> or Frost. <laughs> I would be exactly. kind of pissed if that was Frost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get to Frost, by the way, we'll get to something to do with Frost later on, because I thought that was another that was a little absurd. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, again, things. it's almost like things have known that we're covering Blade right now. It's, it's, it's very
1: odd. The, uh, the, the, the Everything is lined up.
0: Yes. But demigods are such pains in the asses, is what he finishes that line with. Yes. And B15 starts, you can see, she starts getting suspicious of the TVA. She's really thinking about this. Like, throughout the episode, they cut to her, and she's like, hmm, you know, maybe everything, maybe these things aren't just coincidences. Maybe things are starting to add
1: up. And I love that. By the end, she's like the true believer that this is the truth, and she takes. You know, we'll get to it, but because she's been the soldier, you know, you point her, at, the TVA points her at the problem, and she goes and she does what she needs to do. She doesn't question, she doesn't like Loki, but the fact that she starts to question and and she actually, I think, she accepts it before uh, Mobius does. Um, and I, I think that's a really cool moment because she was the soldier mentality, don't question, to wait a minute, this is crazy, what's going on?
0: Yeah, no, she's totally done a complete about-face in this episode, we'll get to an, a big scene in a minute where where she does. So Mobius pretty much sits down low-key and starts having another one-on-one conversation with him, pulls him out of the time cell, and tells him that Sylvie was pruned. And you can tell he's destroyed by it. Yeah. Like, He's trying to play it off a little bit like he's not, but you can tell it's really got to him. Uh, but he eventually tells him the truth saying that, hey, you know, she's not, she's still alive. Uh, but then Loki tells Mobius that the TVA, you know, are all variants. He really lays it out for him again and that their memories are all erased and that Sylvie can access this. And... He's not buying it immediately. Like, he's kind of, Mobius is a little wishy-washy on it, thinking that this is his last attempt as, like, I think the first one's like a cockroach trying to, like, get his way, you know, his last-ditch effort for survival. Yeah,
1: And uh, fair enough. I mean, yes. something Loki would completely do.
0: Absolutely. There's no reason to trust him. I mean, they've been pretty open about it back and forth. Um. Well, yeah, B-15 continues to be skeptical, and he, she breaks Sylvie out. Of a cell, and they jump through, you know, they jump through and they go back to uh, Rock's cart where, you know, they had a couple of uh, two episodes ago where they had that whole scene there. Uh, but before we get to that, Mobius and Renslayer are having a meeting in her office. They're pretty much closing the case and wrapping things up. Uh, she informs him that the Timekeepers want to oversee Sylvie's pruning, specifically, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. and uh, And that he should be there as well. And then he steals he he steals her temp pen and gets out of there with it because now he's really suspicious. Like things are not adding up between What Loki's saying, what he's hearing about Sylvie, you know, things that is saying, you know, shit's not kosher over there. So he goes in and takes the tent pad. Uh Come back to Sylvie telling B fifteen that they're all variants, and uh, and she shows her her life at the B- uh, prior to the TVA. So this scene takes place at the Rocksport situation, you can tell she was like, and she says something along the lines of, like, I was so happy. Yeah. So, yeah, like, now it was, like, kind of the cat's out of the bag. providing that you're believing what Sylvie's selling right here. Like, this is it. These aren't implanted memories. And she insists that for the episode that these are not her, that's not her ability. She can't do that.
1: And we um, never see it. We do never see her do that. Like, no, we could see her control people, but she can't implant false memories. She's never done that.
0: Yeah, she's just you know playing on the memories that they already have. Yeah. Uh, so Moby just finds evidence of the temp pad um, of C twenty questioning the TVA. So he takes the temp pad. He sees this little video on it, and it's C twenty stating, "I saw my life. I knew this. I lived this. Like this is what it is." Before she got pruned. And Mobius is like, here it is, like this is all screaming in my face, like Loki is telling the truth. Um, okay, so then yeah, um Mobius goes ahead and gets uh Mobius gets Loki out of his time cell, Renslayer tracks them down, and then we get a scene where Mobius gets pruned. So and it, it's pretty heartbreaking because he's screaming right there about how we where he wants to go, because she yeah. asked him in that other scene. Like, if you can go anywhere, at any point, you know, where would it be? And he answers that question right here, saying he could have been on a jet ski, he could have been doing this, and that's where his life would have been. And he gets pruned immediately in, like, a real yeah. gut-wrenching
1: way. And let me tell you something. It's at this point I was watching, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I didn't see it coming. I didn't yeah. expect it. I I, I I love this character. Like, I'm really enjoying Owen Wilson. I don't want him dead. Now, we'll get to it. Maybe he's not. But, yeah. you know, but in in the moment, I was like, no, no. Like, I got really angry. I was yelling at the TV. Yeah, it
0: was pretty sad.
1: It was very sad. Yeah. And it's, so, and, and it's done by, like, the person he thinks is his friend who's been lying to him this whole time, you know?
0: Yeah, she orders it and, like,
1: bang, yeah. bang done. Right right, right. and there.
0: So yeah, sudden. yeah,
1: exactly. It, it was just bang, but yeah, but great moment.
0: Yeah, so Renslayer discovers that B fifteen knows as well and wants her. He she orders to have B fifteen hunted down as well. Uh, she then takes Loki and Sylvie to their time to the timekeepers alone. She's like, "Listen, I'm taking them alone. Come with me." Calls off the Minutemen, which is really suspicious that that's happening too. Um, and then she questions why she was brought in. I mean. Uh, Sylvie questions why she was brought in, and Renslayer's response is like, I don't remember. Now, either you can take that as, was her memory wiped at a certain point, and maybe the beginning was told from Sylvie's point of view, or she was making it like very nonchalant, like, I don't even care, right. shit. She does deliver the line like that, so it could kind of be either way.
1: It could be, yeah, just sort of like, yeah, it's not, not important enough for me to remember.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because we still don't really know why Sylvie was taken from her timeline and why was her timeline erased. Which we're going to well, assume the big bad is the one that's.
1: Well, the, I mean, no she's a variant, and and actually, we do. I don't know if we found it out yet. So, uh, but I do want to talk about it once we get there. But okay. we do find out why these variants keep popping up because I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything in the last episodes because I knew. Yeah, that, the MCU would would take care of it. But, you know, if the timeline is being controlled so there are no multiverses and, and the only way you can really get variants is like, you know, like the variant Loki we have now where someone was time traveling and he just kind of got lucky and escaped and he shouldn't have. There, there should be no reason to have female Lokis or monster Lokis or whatever. And they do clear up in this episode why that is. Have yeah. we gotten there yet?
0: No, we're about to we're about to get to where Loki and Sylvie are freed by okay. D fifteen. Uh, Renslayer gets off the elevator, golden elevator, you want to call it whatever. To these, so she's they're there in front of the timekeepers, and then D fifteen busts in and frees them. And she even says, you know, for all time and everything like that. Like she's still kind of like buying in with that, uh. But she knows the whole thing's a hoax. Um, so then there's a battle with the Minutemen and and Renslayer. So you got Sylvie and Loki battling. Miniman and Renslayer. Uh they also take out the timekeepers to find out uh they were androids. Yeah. So during this whole thing, there's like a whole thing where Sylvie goes in and they cut off their head, one of their heads, and it rolls down and it's a fucking android.
1: That was crazy too. I didn't see that coming. Because now it's like, well, who's in charge? And I think that's that's what brings up like who Renslayer is because like it kinda seems that she is, but also it seems like She's not because she has the past where she was an agent. So I, I'm kind of confused about where we're going.
0: I, I think I, I think my suspicion is still. I'm still sticking with it. You, but you think well, you think there's some
1: Kang action?
0: I think it's I, I think it's Kang. Yeah, and we'll I, I'll some. get to I'll, I'll get to some further why and a okay. minute. Um. So Loki is about to tell Sylvie how he feels because you can tell like it's almost like a near-death experience and Loki has this moment where it's just him and Sylvie and he's and he even says, like, this is new for me and everything. You kind of really feel bad for Loki a second. And then Renslayer prunes him. Oh, God. From behind. Uh, and then then Sylvie goes ahead and gets that thing and it, it is about to prune Renslay and she's like, do it, do it, go ahead. And he's like, no, because you're going to tell me everything right now. And that's where the episode technically ends before and- the
1: mid credit scene. And it was at that moment where I was like, but no, they can't, but I mean it's Loki, they can't kill Loki. Like I was very confused. Yeah. To just before we go into the mid-credit scene, though, because at this point we must have passed what I was talking about before. They do say that the reason these variants keep showing up is because the time the universe itself, the timeline that's itself. That's Is supposed to have been multiverses, and it is pretty much. It's almost as like it is being kept, you know, hostage or being kept prisoner in the the one the one line of of time the one timeline. But it keeps creating these variants, sort of fighting that. So it really gives us an interesting insight into whatever is going on. That whoever did this, whoever created the one holy sanctified timeline is very much the villain because it is against the natural order of what the – it's suggested it's against the natural order of what the universe is. And what I thought uh, – the, the plot hole that I thought was, well, where do these variants keep coming from? Why is there a female Loki if there's only the one timeline? And I, I didn't mention it before because I knew they'd explain it, but that was the explanation, and I really enjoyed it. Like, it so, yeah, so I wanted to touch on that before we, we jump forward.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, no, you're right. There's a, there's a situation where I think she's telling – Sylvie is either telling Loki or is it Renslayer that yeah, the, the universe is trying to push back. It keeps yeah. on causing this because it's causing chaos, and that's the way of, of pushing back, and that's why these things keep happening. But apparently, somebody's trying to keep one timeline in place, and is – the and so the universe is supposed to be the multiverse. It's supposed to yeah. be like that, but – you know someone's trying to like chop off all the branches to the street to make it one straight line, and that's that's the problem that we have in here. So whoever's the big bad behind this, that's their end game and the question being why exactly.
1: Right. And I think it's an interesting flip from the first episode when we're told they did this because of they were st- all of these wars and they wanted to bring peace and well, no, that that can't even if that is your reasoning, this is not natural. This is still a wrongdoing. So I just thought it was an interesting piece of information to learn.
0: No, no, that's a huge piece of information on that. Thank, Thanks for jumping on that and, and bringing that in. So then we get the mid credit scene where Loki, we find out Loki is not dead. And Loki emerges in front of four other Lokis. Because he's acting <laughs> like, hey, is this hell? Am I dead? And they're like, well, you know, if you don't come with us, you soon will be. So the four Lokis that he, he lands in front of are interesting because we get kid Loki, which, by the way, is another member of the Young Avengers. So this right. is just pretty much... Kevin Feige in the MCU, like, smacking it in your face. Like, dude, we're setting the whole thing up. Yep. Whether we do it or not, we'll, it's there if we want to do it. Uh, we get, like, OG Loki, old man Loki there, in the original costume played by Richard E. Grant.
1: Was that Richard E. Grant? I didn't yes. even notice that. Oh, because yes. he, was, he wasn't he was on screen for very long. I love Richard E. Grant. And, oh, I hope he has a bigger role next, next episode.
0: Oh, so do I. So do I that would be pretty awesome. And then we get an alligator Loki, which (laughs) kid Loki is holding. And then the other Loki appears to be holding maybe a version of Mjormir or something like that. I'm not really too familiar with the other Loki. Uh, So we'll see. I mean, obviously, we're going to see more about him as well, I'm assuming, in the next episode. But to the behind uh, old Loki in the background, it it appears it's another apocalyptic event that he's landed in. And there's an Avengers Tower is in the background behind Old Man Loki, Ooh, and I it's a destroyed, it's a destroyed, rubble version of Avengers Tower. So I'm kind of wondering exactly what that's about. Interesting. So, beside besides those Easter eggs and things like that, I think the big questions we have now are number one is who the hell is behind all of this? Yeah, and, and, and I think, like you said, is it Slayer or?
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it's Kang. I think Kang would be a good. I mean, he's a time traveler, right? I mean, that's his yeah. thing. Um, but but I don't know. Like the the TVA is really powerful. Like, does Kang have the power to nullify Infinity Gems?
0: Well, I think I don't know if I mean we can see maybe he found something that a space where it doesn't work and that's where the TVA uh, is. Okay. Well, whatever wherever the TVA is, it seems to be outside of most time and space. So maybe that's what if he found a pocket of space where it can be nullified? I don't think he necessarily himself is able to do that. Um, I also think it's interesting because um, Jonathan Majors, over the weekend, took a picture in a comic store in LA in front of an Avengers comic where it says, Kang lives. And he's in front of it now. So now before this, he's never officially confirmed
1: Oh, that he's okay. going to be Kang
0: the Conqueror. That's just been widely reported and everyone's known it. So apparently that was tweeted over the weekend. And I feel like the timing of this is not by accident.
1: Okay, so maybe, maybe we know this he is, is, is. he setup.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he's going to get introduced in the next episode or maybe in the finale. Because we do have two episodes left
1: of Loki. But I don't and think I, that that was a coincidence. And again, another short one, by the way. This was only another half an hour one. Yeah, right? I, on, or, I don't remember the
0: exact Well, it said forty-eight minutes, but that's also with the extremely long credits.
1: Yeah, right, right. So, I think it, I think it was like thirty-five minutes, or yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, but so just kind of disappointing. It was a short one, but um, I would love if they if they introduced Kang that way. I mean, you know, I'm not. We made a lot of lot of predictions when we did WandaVision, so I, I'm I'm keeping my hat out of the prediction ring, but I would not be disappointed at all to see Kang set up here and then come in for Ant-Man. Yeah, no, I think
0: that would be a perfect way to do it. And again, if he or if he's gonna be the next big bad of the of the MCU, then this is a pretty cool way to, to introduce him to that. Absolutely. So we'll see. Um all right, so before we get to the you know to the next episodes of Loki, you know, we we have our movie of the week to review. Ah, here we do. Uh, t- continuing our review back to the pre MCU movies, and now that we did Blade last week, and now we're up Blade two. Um, for most of the time, I would say this was my favorite Blade. Um, one is one was one was right there with it. I think it was a little bit closer than I recall it being. Because Blade 2 is is pretty excellent. I mean, it, it really raises the stakes on a lot of things. Uh, we get Ron Perlman, which you can never really go wrong with. Ron you can go Perlman.
1: wrong. Like, no. yo, know, this, this, like I, I wanted to text you as I was watching this. How the hell do I like this so much more than Blade 1? Because I really like Blade 1. But yeah, me too. Man, this movie is just – it's just pure joy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a tons of action – Tons of like you know you get all the one liners from Blade in there and you know and a lot and a lot of things he's there like the cockiness and the badassness and yep. Blade. Um, and I have to say to... something that was weird was the CGI fights in front of the like the lights in the beginning when the Blood Pack is first
1: introduced. Oh yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of, thought of that just was give the CGI, CGI a pass. Oh no, I just was wondering why did you need to make yeah. it a CGI fight in front of that because it just seemed like totally unnecessary.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
0: That's all I know. I, don't, for the time, I'll always
1: forgive CGI. Yeah, because it's like the CGI is always bad when you look back on it. Uh, but you're right. Why did it have to be there? Why did it have to be CGI? Um, I actually think that there. This. So, I remember when I watched this movie for the first time, not being on board with them bringing back Whistler. Because so you know, for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, they bring back Whistler uh, mm-hmm. and Chris Christopherson, and. You know, it kind of we didn't see him die, and and so. But the whole thing is, is like he shot himself, but then turned into a vampire, and the vampires got him and were torturing him, and so since ever since the end of Blade One to now. Blade has been hunting him, and it's been two years. Yeah. And I actually really like. I didn't. I didn't remember liking it when I first saw it. I really dug that this time, and I dug how they they got him back. And I really love that Blade tracks him down, ties him up, and says, "Look, I've given you the antidote. Whether it works or not, the sun comes up, and then just leaves." And so, and then you know, and then he's cured. It's cool. Um, but I, I think that worked. I, I, did, I, I really, I don't know what my problem was when I first, the first time I saw the movie, cause I, I really actually thought it worked. And the, the opening sequence is kind of like last time on blade. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they actually do talk about blade being in Moscow searching for Whistler. And if you were, yes. I only re- yeah, that's where blade one ends. And I was like, Wow, they even tied in, like, because I don't think that was the intention at the end of Blade 1, you know? No, I don't think but so that, I think the intention was to just to show he's still out there and he's everywhere. But now it's like, oh, no, now we actually know why he was in Moscow. So I, yeah, I love this movie, man. <laughs> it's just it's a great movie.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'll double down and say this is still my favorite Blade movie of, of yeah. the trilogy. That that's goes without saying. I just I just think that over time, watching them again, one was even better than I remember it being. Me too. Me too. I think it was more props to one than knocking down two. I think a one knock we I texted you about with two is there's a weird wrestling moves that are in it. Like there's an elbow drop and there's a suplex in there.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. The suplex. Oh, oh how God. was that about? That was weird. Like that was really weird. But I think that was like a, that was a thing at the time, right? Like the oh, late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, like – um, Guilty. wrestling Guilty, wrestling was course. huge. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I but yeah, it was out of place. It was weird. Like they could cut that. That would have been fine. Um I like that we get Daryl. I didn't realize that it was Daryl from Walking Dead as yep. his sort of replacement whistler. Yeah. And you uh,
0: don't remember that either. And I was like, I knew Norman Regis was in this. When I saw him in Walking Dead, I was like, holy shit. It's fucking Scud from Blade
1: film. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I I don't remember, like I didn't know him when I saw this. So and then I got and then I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, and I got into Walking Dead briefly. So he became Daryl to me. I had no idea it was the same guy. Um, he, of course, is a douche. Oh, of course. Uh, and you know, completely sells Blade out. Uh, it's nice to watch Blade kill him, though this was a WTF moment for the the, the movie for me. He so, uh, long and short of it is, Scud is working with the the vampires. He creates this bomb that uh, Blade puts in the back of Ron Perlman's head to keep him under control. Ron mm-hmm. Perlman takes it out and says it was never a bomb. And Scud takes it and starts delivering exposition. I'm one of them. I've been you know trailing you this whole time. I've been this and that. And Blade is like, I knew it. It's not a dud. Click, and he blows him up. Yeah. And my and it's cool to watch. But my thought was. Wouldn't that have been better if you just blew Ron Perlman up? Wasn't he more of the threat? Oh,
0: of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Scud, Scud should have been nothing to Blade.
1: Right! I mean, Blade could have, like, taken care of Scud at any moment after Ron Perlman was out of the picture. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I, I could. I didn't think of it like that, but you're 100% correct.
1: Um, I have a note saying vampires love clubs because there's another, like, you know, oh, yes. blood, bloodbath club. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but both Scud and the Vampires are watching the Powerpuff Girls at various different times. I didn't know that. And yeah, I didn't it's a, catch that. Didn't it's always that a show. cartoon and it's the Powerpuff Girls. I didn't know that because I was a huge fan of that show when it was on originally. Nice. Um, I don't know why it's the Powerpuff Girls, but it is.
0: <laughs> that's what they do. By the way, can we acknowledge the fact that we get a at the end fight, we get another blade catching the glasses again?
1: Oh, I love that callback. And it was Whistler, like, hey, Blade. Yeah. Love (laughs) it. That was awesome. Um, I I actually really like the plot of this. Like, there are these Nosferatu-looking creatures that feed on vampires. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I thought that was cool, like, because it gives the vampires are now the hunted. We find out that that was created by the crazy old vampire. It actually started to feel like... um, What's that, that? vampire werewolf movie with Kate Beck and Saul? Oh,
0: uh, Underworld.
1: Yeah, yeah. It kind of started to feel like Underworld to me at that point. Yeah. With like the corrupt, the corrupt old guy. Um, uh, but let me. I do want to give you my favorite line of the movie. Go for it. Uh, I believe Ron. Per- no, not Ron Perlman, but one of the Blood packs says this to Whistler. Listen, shit kicker, you're about one cunt hair away from hillbilly heaven. I had to pause that and say I have to write that down. That is a great line.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good.
1: But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just such a fun movie. It's it's so cool. Um, And again, Guillermo del Toro is a real director. He's like, you know, he knows how to put together a movie, and this is definitely proof of that.
0: Yeah, no, you can definitely see that the budget was up for this for for Blade Two from Blade, uh, and it, it shows. And you can see it's it's in the hands of a better director. Things seem to be smoother. Things just look better a lot of times. And I think like the like you said, the Nosferatu like vampires, looking vampires are kind of very much like, like Guillermo del Toro type of thing. You can kind of tell by his style and something he would be doing. Same thing with the Reapers. Like yeah. they all just seem like their creations of some He's all about like monsters and, and things like that, so you can he definitely puts his stamp on this movie.
1: Absolutely,
0: um, but this is also another one that was written by David Goyer. David Goyer wrote all three Blade movies, <laughs> which we'll get to the other one in two weeks yeah. because we're gonna yes. have a week off from Blade because That's right. we have a we have a certain movie that we will be covering for next week. I'm um, excited. Oh boy, am I excited!
1: <laughs>
0: um, so. Yeah, but I I think, yeah, the movie definitely, Blade Two absolutely holds up in in so many ways. And there's a lot of times when I wish that Kevin Feige would have gave in and been like, you want to know something? Instead of totally rebooting Blade, we're going to say that this is a part of the MCU, because I don't think there's anything that happens in these three movies that it's like, yeah, I don't think that syncs up. You couldn't have just said S.H.I.E.L.D. had a... S.H.I.E.L.D. was aware that some of this happened, and that's pretty much...
1: No, yeah, well, this isn't even a shield purview thing. Like this is like th- this is more like a supernatural stuff. That's Well, I'm just SHIELD. saying the shield seems to know every little thing that happens. Yeah. So, abso- no, no, absolutely. Yeah. But like but I'm saying like they could I would be completely okay with them saying nothing and just saying this is part of the MCU cuz it's like you know, Shield doesn't know every time Spider Man wipes his ass. It's like you know, exactly. it, it you know things get so, and it's not like a big space thing. There's nothing in these movies that like threaten the universe. Like you know, yeah, Deacon Frost was trying to bring upon the end of the world the same way every villain in Buffy the Vampire Slayer tried, <laughs> and it never worked. It never even got close. So it's like I I I could completely accept it.
0: Yeah, I would accept it. But and and but again, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm excited to see him rehearse oddly, what he can do with Blade. Same man But am. it's like going back and looking watching these movies, it's like, damn, they were good.
1: Damn, they were good and they still hold up. And they still are good. That's a, like yeah. that's the thing, is I watched this movie, I took almost no notes, right? Like the more the worse a movie is, the more notes I take. Because exactly. it's mostly so like <laughs> what? WTF. But I, I had a handful of notes because I was just too busy enjoying the movie. Like you know the, the 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 script is good, the action is good, the setup is good. I, I actually think Blade and the vampires have more to do in this one than the last one because yeah. they have to work together, but they're not really working together. And the Blood Pack, I think, even outside of Ron Perlman, those those characters are interesting. You know, it's it's not it's so it's like this. I just enjoyed this movie. Like I didn't have much to say outside of if you have not seen Blade Two, go see Blade Two. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, no,
0: check it out. I mean, if you haven't seen the Blade movies or if you want to, definitely go. They're on HBO Max right now. So if you have yes. HBO Max, they're all there. Because they are were New Line Cinema movies. So New Line Cinema is owned by Warner Brothers now, so I'm sure they'll be there. You know, I don't know where the hell they end up, but maybe they'll just stay there, you know. Definitely, I don't know. Uh, we got a comment in here. Uh, it would have been an alternative timeline. Blade 3 has Ryan Reynolds. Mm. Yeah, I, I. that's a good point. That, that's a I fair one. We, that, Yeah, because yeah, we know Deadpool is in uh, – he's coming into the MCU and supposedly going to be in the, in the MCU proper. So we'll see how that goes. But also, when you're dealing with Deadpool, he could have made a gag about it and just moved on like, wow, that guy kind of looked like me, huh? If he ever yeah, runs I mean, in Blade. We,
1: we, are, we are actually talking about the character who at the end of his last movie went back in time and shot himself the actor before he took on Green Lantern. So – you know, yeah. anything anything is possible with Deadpool.
0: <laughs> yeah, Deadpool's kind of like the one who just like doesn't you know you know, doesn't go ahead and the rules don't apply to him. We also got another comment from YouTube from Tiki. Thank you, Tiki. I don't I don't think we've seen you comment on before but Facebook? Uh yeah, we're also on Facebook. We stream live on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. So thanks for checking us out on YouTube. That's pretty awesome.
1: Really appreciate it. Uh, I always
0: appreciate the support. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I think that pretty much kind of like wraps up our episode. Um, we will, we have, we're super excited about our, our next episode. Episode 24 will be on, let me just double check the date because it will be next Wednesday, which is July 14th. Now, we're super excited for this because at that point, we are going to be covering the first MCU movie to drop which me and Jason are going to see Sunday night in IMAX.
1: We are. I'm very excited.
0: And I'm excited to see that. I'm going to be on vacation in Seattle this week, and I'm going to see it in Screen X on Thursday night. So premiere night, I will be seeing it in Screen X, and I'm going to see it in IMAX. Me and Jason will see it together. We will be posting something from the movie theater, maybe straight out of the theater. We can give our quick thoughts about that. Um, But we're, we're pumped for that. We're also going to have two episodes of Loki to talk about. Yes. In our next episodes, the last two. So we will have that as well. Action-packed, super crazy episode. Um,
1: and what what CW do we have? Do we have a lot of CW as well that we're covering? Because I know we're winding down.
0: Um, I think we'll, we will have, let's see, we'll have Legends. Okay. Right, We will have Legends. We should have Superman and Love is by then. And we'll have The Flash. Okay. So...
1: All right, so nothing too heavy. That's that's cool.
0: No, CW should be should be pretty much keeping it light, um, you know, for for that part of it. But yeah, we're we're just we're just excited. This is the first new MCU movie we're going to cover on Granny's Peach Tea. That's right. And, and, and,
1: and it's the most awaited one, the one we've all been waiting for since phase two.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Since Iron Man 2, essentially, is what we've been waiting for this right. film. So we're like, really, and we've been really, really waiting for this one. Um, I, I know the, the embargo's lifted. I, I, I don't read reviews of other other people too much. I'll just say maybe an overall grade. But It's, it's getting very positive reviews. Got nice. a great score on Rotten Tomatoes, too. I just don't want to read the details of it. I'll see that for my own. So,
1: I mean, it's going to be great. Scarlet uh, the 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 Black Widow is a great character. Scarlett Johansson is phenomenal as a Black Widow. Like how? Like I think one of my favorite moments in the Avengers is her introduction. I could watch yeah. a movie just of like whatever the hell she, she was doing there. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, with uh, yeah, with the, the Russian guy and everybody else. Great yeah, I, just, I I I th- I think about that at least once a month. Where it's like oh, you get a phone <laughs> call. What? No, what are you doing? No, come on. I was just about to break him. And she's, like, tied to the chair, and he thinks that he's the one in charge. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then she just kicks the hell out of the mall and breaks free. It's like I could watch that as a movie, like, you know, like you know, with a plot, of course, not just yeah. that. But you know what I mean? Like, that's entertaining. So I'm excited for this.
0: Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It should be, like, a spy espionage thing. It's kind of what I've always envisioned, in you know, a Black Widow solo movie to be. So- right.
1: Like That's James right. Bond in leather.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. You know, if you want to say that. Um, all right, cool. So thanks for joining us on the Facebook feed or whether it's on you're catching us on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. We, we always appreciate it. I feel you like what you're hearing it you tonight. Go ahead. Go to popculturepros.com. And uh, you can check us, check all the shows that are out there. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. You know, you can follow our playlist, any of the show's playlists. we got a bunch of cool shit for you to check out. Um, if you're into the if you're into baseball, we have a Yankee show called The Empire 161 Show. just had a new episode uh, that recorded right before this, so check that out. If you're into the New York Mets, you got to Put It In The Book Show with Farachi and his guys. You can check that out. If you're into wrestling, Tuesday nights, you got The Just Too Sweet Show with Tim and Eric. They, they do a great job there. Eric has another show called The A to Z Show, which is on Sunday nights. They cover everything from A to Z. Um, and then when you have um, Jader and Kyle. They cover movies. They're doing new movies too. I'm sure they'll have they'll be covering Black Widow as well. Or if they would like, they're more than welcome to join us on Granny's Peach T. And we can we can do an Avengers. Exactly. We can we can we can, we can jam together and we can do an Avengers because we were the Justice <laughs> League last time covering Zack Snyder's Justice League. I am more than happy to do an Avengers style massive episode of Granny's Peach T. There it is. The invite's out there for you guys.
1: Is there any way we could have that effect where every time you let someone into the show, like it's like the circle from Infinity War or from Endgame? That would be
0: priceless. That would be great. Just and I could just like do the circle like Doctor Strange, like boom, 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 boom. That would be great. Oh, That'd be man. awesome. That's a genius idea. Um, so yeah, so so go ahead and check that out. If you're on Facebook and you're join the Granny's Peach Tea Facebook group, we share a bunch of stories. Every single day, news that's breaking, trailers and stuff like that. So you can sign up and join the group. The group's growing all the time. Thank you for everyone in the group for joining it, participating in it, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. So uh, stay safe out there. Keep enjoying the summer. I hope everyone yeah. enjoyed their Fourth of July. It was, a, it was a good time had, hopefully, by everyone. Had some ice cream and barbecue and, and baseball for me. So it, it was it was
1: ready, good to go. And always remember that he's a complicated man. And no one understands him but his woman. Talking about David Hatzeloff. Shut, shut.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh boy. Alright, man. So and also don't forget that Jason will be bringing us whatever the latest is on Baywatch Nights. We're not cutting that out of the episode. That's definitely gonna stay
1: in. Oh no, no, no. I will I am watching all two seasons of Baywatch Nights, and you will hear. Something from every episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace. Take it easy. We'll see you next week.
1: Take care.